0: The dawn of civilization, primitive, (laughs) dangerous, (laughs) exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look, he's come out of his cave.
1: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am joined by my co-host, Brendan. And today we have Chris Bentley with us from the band Night Goat. Uh, they're out of canton ohio thank you so much for coming on the show we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us uh no problem i'm glad to be here um for anyone who doesn't really know your music what you do uh do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself uh what you do in the band and what the band's about
2: sure um so i play guitar and pretty much you know write all of the music for the band night goat um <clears throat> night goats a band from ohio northeast ohio we uh we kind of run the gambit from different kinds of music um we we uh tend to uh like uh heavier darker um noisier type stuff not like traditional metal more you know more grungy i guess you know with death
1: rock tendencies yeah yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff going on it's awesome uh, each track is kind of like a different mix of different influences it's, it's great to listen to thank you appreciate it that's what we're you know that's what we're trying to
2: do is just incorporate all of the different types of music that we listen to and try to get it all to coalesce into uh,
1: sound you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i uh I was listening to it. I was like, "Man, this riff reminds me of these guys," and oh man, this drum beat reminds me of that. And I was like, "But these are such different bands. It's crazy that it's in one song." <laughs> but uh, I like the no- I like the noise rock elements, especially like that makes it really fun and interesting. Cool. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, the noise
1: rock stuff is
2: kind of like was the uh, the whole beginning of it. Um, of course, you know, being Melvins fans, you know, that's awesome. uh, where we got it from. So, you know. St- just the noisier you know end of like grunge music and stuff you know it's what we grew up on and you know so just using like those bands is like the the stepping stone to get further out there you know and just other weird stuff
1: it's uh i always appreciate having anyone on the show that's a a noise rock fan because a lot of people (laughs) i always thought there would be more crossover between metal and noise rock and there's like less than a I thought there would be there's a lot of people have on and like I mentioned one of those classic bands like Jesus lizard or like uh big black or something. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of that. I'm like, what? Like <laughs> <laughs> How have you never heard of that? Like <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I it's, It kind of shows the disconnect between metal and other genres sometimes. Oh yeah, for
2: sure. I mean, even, even, you know, around here. um There's a lot of bands that are really into doom. Yeah. And yeah, I love all that stuff, but, you know, I, I also love, you know, basically early 90s, mid-90s noise rock stuff, you know. Me too, um, yeah. Anything that Amphetamine Reptile put out was gold, you know. Yeah. Touching Records, you know. You you named uh, one of my favorite bands, the Jesus Lizard, you know. Oh, great band. One of the greatest live bands ever, you know. Um, I
1: never, I've never yeah. seen them live, unfortunately, but I love their work.
2: Oh, they're amazing live. Just incredible. Even now, you know, if you ever get a chance to see them, they're all old dudes, but they're still yep.
1: delivering the goods. I just caught uh, Unsane live on that national tour they were doing. Mm. Oh, my God. They they still got it. Like, their live show was awesome. They just brought, like, this the, the amount of power and sound behind them on stage is just mind-blowing. Yeah, for three dudes. Yeah, three, three <laughs> yeah. older dudes. They just go so hard. Yep, they are awesome, man.
2: I would say they're a big influence on us too. You know, especially when we were first starting out. You know, unseen. You
0: mm-hmm. know,
2: those those guys, all those kinds of bands. Helmet. You know, those those bands were a huge influence on us when we first started. And our first record kind of has definitely a lot of that going on in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the new one we tried to, I guess we tried to mutate. Kind of make it more of our own sound, yeah, you know? uh-huh. which is hard, which is really hard to do these days.
1: It is because everything's been done. <laughs> it's it's really right. hard to stand, stand yeah. out as unique. But, I mean, yeah. sometimes I I feel like bands try too hard to, to to go in that direction. They like try as hard as they can possibly to sound different to everyone else, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, you guys made it work because sure. I, I feel like what happens with some bands is there's a disconnect between those influences um it it feels forced like it doesn't it's like jarring the jump between different styles um sure i think it shows like i guess songwriting skill to be able to to have those uh transitions between these vastly different influences without a feeling that way
2: yeah i agree i agree um yeah you know it's a struggle to try to do that stuff um a lot of it for us i think has to do with just the different kinds of uh sounds we can get out of you know different out of the guitars and out of the you know the bass and everything right um and then the biggest thing i think for us is you know julia as a vocalist is just like over the top man i mean she is just insane <laughs> yeah <So, laughs> You know, and so that really, I think, pushes things in a really different direction.
1: Definitely. So this album, uh, for anyone who's listening and who wants to pick it up, where, uh, where, where are the best places to buy the album? I saw you had it on Black Donut Records and uh, Doomshire Tapes.
2: Yeah, the album um, was released by Black Donut Records, uh, which is a micro label out of uh, Portland, Oregon. And uh, Maury Strauss is the guy who's behind it, and uh, he had, he had contacted us a couple of years ago to be on a uh, a compilation he was putting out as well as a tribute album, and uh, it was for Sam a Sam Hain tribute album, and Sam Hain's like one of my favorite bands ever, and um, it's by far the best thing Danzig has ever done, and. Right. Um, so, you know, we did that and then we also did a Melvin's tribute album on his label. That was pretty awesome. Um, and so when it came time to put in, put this record out, we we talked to him and he was interested in doing it. And he's been awesome to work with. And um, yeah, so the album's out on Black Donut Records and uh, you can go to the his band camp, uh, the band camp page there and pick it up. That's probably the best way to get it. Um, And then also then uh, it's being released on cassette only in the UK on Doomshire tapes. Okay. um, Which is pretty rad too, you know? And so it's like a a limited issue. So that's pretty rad. Um, It's really weird for me because, you know, I'm an old guy (laughs) and cassettes were like, completely going out of style when I was you know a kid and um you know CDs were hot you know
1: and and not CDs no one really even cares about you know <laughs> right <laughs> it's kind of uh I think that was the comeback that no one expected like that the return of cassettes oh yeah for sure it's such a strange format <laughs> it is like the vinyl makes total sense like vinyl's got it's got the quality behind it there's like a certain appeal to vinyl. Um, I don't know. As an audiophile's dream, um oh, cassettes is yeah. such an such an odd thing to become popular again that that much later. I,
0: yeah. I are people like walking around with cassettes, or are they listening to them at home? You know, like Walkmans and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't have, know. <laughs> you know, like what are they doing? You know,
2: that would be rad what? if everybody was finding old Walkmans and using them.
0: <laughs> right, uh, that's the thing. Is like like. It's hard. I think that stuffs. I don't know. I feel like if it's being made new, is it like really good quality or is it cheap because like people just need to have a tape player for some reason, you know? I I heard that there's
1: like a new company's making cassette players now.
0: Yeah, you know, I just I haven't I haven't actually looked, you know, like because I haven't really. This is not how I listen to music, right? So.
1: I, I haven't looked into it, but someone told me that there's like cheap ones you can buy online now that like there's like companies making cheap cassette players again. Wow. That's funny. The <laughs> yeah.
2: interesting thing about cassettes is that the music on, you know, it, it's not it's not by track by track, you know, whenever you're listening to it. It's just one entire whole thing right. per side, you know. Right. so that's that it's all analog so it's 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 that's what's weird about it you know and whenever um we were mastering our album um the guy that mastered it for us um he's based out of germany and he kind of mastered it so that it would be you know set up for analog formats whereas you know if you listen to like the first four songs they kind of flow in and out of each other you know um so that was like fortuitous that we did that because we didn't even know we were going to release it on cassette. So <clears throat> it turned
0: out pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. How did uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say how did that that work out um getting the overseas deal? Uh
2: <laughs> strange. Um so, you know, just through social media um on Instagram I I followed this guy who was, you know, had his thing said Doomshire Tapes. And uh, I believe he actually started following us and then I followed him back. But anyhow, he was commenting on our stuff and um, just kind of came out, you know, hey, would you guys like to release the cassette over here? You know, kind of like just contacted us about it. And we were like, heck, yeah, that's that'd be great. (laughs) You know, so that's pretty much how it worked. That's cool that he contacted you
0: yeah yeah
2: oh, i awesome. He he was you know checking all of our stuff out and
1: stuff you know listening to our music beforehand so <clears throat> that's awesome i mean that that's the kind of relationship you want to have with a person putting out your music is actually a fan of your music
2: oh yeah definitely i have no interest in working with people who who don't care about the music you know i mean there's, there's tons of other bands and people that can be involved in that stuff. I'm I'm good. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. I mean, we have a couple of friends that own record labels and some of them, like the way that they do it is they put out the albums that they wish they could have bought. You know, so if, if there's a, a album that they listen to, like, man, I want a CD copy of that. There isn't one. I'm going to put one in right. so people can have it. And I love that mindset. Heck yeah, yeah dude. That's great.
0: <clears throat> That's definitely cool. People do that.
1: Oh, so for sure. are there any bands in the sort of like, uh, I mean, it's not as big as it was in the nineties, but there's obviously a new wave of noise bands that have been continuing to put music out in the last 10, 20 years. Is there anyone that stands out to you from like that, that new sort of school of, of noise rock? Yeah. I mean,
2: honestly, there's some really good stuff out right now. Um, um there's a great band from Chicago called salvation. Okay. Who are absolutely. They're, they're phenomenal. And, um, I wouldn't say that their newest album is extremely noise rock. It almost has a garagey feel to it, but their previous album um, was just amazing. And then um, another great band once again from Chicago who are, well, they're in Chicago now, but originally they're from Ohio is uh, Mr. Flies. Um, Those guys are straight up noise rock. And um, they put on a fantastic live show too. We played with a bunch of these bands just kind of, you know happenstance you know we kind of fell into it um just you, you know a lot of the a lot of the places around ohio and regionally where we play at a lot you know they'll be they'll hit us up they'll say hey we've got this band that sort of sounds like you guys you want to play with them and we go play with them and then meet them and you know hit it off because the music is you know at least in the same ballpark you know
1: right how do you um, spell that bad name? Is, is it just Mr. Flies as an F-L-I-E-S? Oh, yeah. It's spelled all wanky. Um, it's, oh,
2: okay. P- it's Yeah, Mr. and then P-H-Y-L-Z-Z-Z.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm glad I asked because I wouldn't have found that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like it's Mr. Phil's.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I found him. Yep. Great. I'm
2: going to check that out. Bye. Yeah, those guys are great, man. It's then they're just a two piece and they just slam live. Um, and cool. actually, uh, uh, Amphetamine Reptile um put out their last record. Um, it was like the first Am Rep album out in like forever, like a, of
1: a new band. Right? <clears throat> That's awesome. What did um, you uh did you end up checking out that uh Chat Pile album God's Country? Oh, yeah, those guys are. F- those guys are awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> love that. That I, I got some serious, like, big black vibes from that and Jesus List and stuff, but also mixed with a bunch of other influences. Like, there's like sludge in there, like hardcore. It's, it's all over the place. I loved it. Yeah, yes.
2: yeah. That that's a killer record. I'm trying to think of some other stuff that I really,
1: really like digging lately. Um, have you heard um, Dead Mammals from the UK? No, I have not. Yeah, ch- check them out. They're really cool. They've got some some great stuff going on. I will definitely check them out. Yep. So how far do you normally tour away from home? Like, what's uh, your sort of radius?
2: Oh, uh, well, we have a tour coming up in July where we're going out all down the East Coast in Florida and then back up. And then, uh, you know, the furthest we've been would have been probably out, probably out to Chicago at this point. And then, you know, up and down these coasts and stuff. Normally uh, we try to do, you know, at least once a month, we try to go out and do like a regional jaunt where we're out for like, you know, the weekend or whatever. And you can get pretty
1: far, you know, within eight hours of Ohio. Right. Is there any uh, eventual goals of doing a West Coast tour? Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, if we can get it organized, definitely. The big thing that seems to be, handicapping us right now it's just a lack of like it's just really hard to book a tour even with even when you're dealing with a booking agent like we have a guy that we're working now you know and but for a band it's just kind of like at our level you know Mm -hmm. it's just really difficult to get anybody to you know to book it and then um also there's a huge lack of like support It seems like in those in the cities where you're going to go to, of bands that will play with you. You know,
1: that's a shame.
2: Um, Sad to hear.
1: Yeah,
2: it's really bizarre. You know, or at least that's what I'm encountering right now. You know, like we're booking this tour for July, and we're going to be out for like 16 days, 17 days, and you know, we have all these places, you know, that we've contacted, and you know. And I understand, you know, the venues want you to, you know, to try to help find a band from that area to play with and stuff, you know, to get the support there. Right. And then, but what we're running into is like, unable to find bands that will play with us, you know. And that's that's, so just, strange.
1: that's strange. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um I've heard another-
2: that have... Is that,
1: I, is that a new trend do you think or is that, is that something you noticed recently or has it always been that way or yes yeah, it's, it's definitely something i've just noticed in the last few years or or so
2: Okay, um, I, I was in previous bands and we toured all over the place and we've never ran into that you know different hardcore bands or punk rock bands that you know we were in and right. um yeah we've never ran into that issue ever you know it was always there was always lots of different people different bands just you know down to play pretty much any time you know right, right. but yeah it, it's i don't know if we're, whether it's covid related or or something i'm just not sure what it is but it's really really made it tricky for sure yeah, yeah. People, i people guess it also depends
0: being...
1: on... oh, Brennan.
0: oh so i was gonna say it depends on too like how active some of the bands are you know like i guess i don't know right. i i have no idea what they're going through i guess
2: yeah i mean i just I don't know if it's like there's a shortage. You, you wouldn't think that there would ever be a shortage of bands, but I don't right. know if there's a shortage of bands that, you know, are down to play on Tuesday night or, you know what I mean? Or, or well, Thursday a, it's night.
0: like also a tough night to get out too, you know, for like, as like a, for me as a patron, you know what I mean? And like someone that want wants to go to a show, you know, it's a lot, it's kind of difficult to be like, oh yeah, random Tuesday night to be out there, you know?
1: Oh yeah, I get it, man. I think I saw Unsane on like a Tuesday or Thursday. So I yeah, it's it, it's it's a little tough but I'm always going to I'm always going to go if I want to see the band. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm
2: Right, team, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. Like here I think I last time I went to see
2: Unsane was on like a Monday night, you know. Right. And, um, you know, and their their crowd was still, you know, pretty decent and it was yeah. an awesome show, you know.
1: The good thing with those is like because I, I live in San Diego and a lot of the shows like shows I go to are to the inner city type thing. So for me, like going on a weeknight means there's parking available without having to pay for a lot or something. So I'm always like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um Brenda, did you have some questions you had lined up? I know you had some stuff you wanted to ask.
0: Oh, yeah. So um playing um Live shows and stuff you were talking about earlier. Um, where's been? Uh, where's your uh, favorite venue out of state?
2: Oh my, that's a tough one. Um, gosh, I mean, I love playing in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's only like two hours from us, though. Um, but yeah, I love going over there and playing. Every every venue we've played over there, we've had a blast at. Um, nice. Um, Pittsburgh seems to have a really good um, scene for like weirdo music you know um they they dig just about everything that you know comes through over there i think um they like heavier stuff you know um but yeah pittsburgh's awesome uh buffalo new york is fantastic um yeah you know um we went out and played buffalo we played there quite a bit because it's like a four hour drive from here so it's not too bad either um We went out there and played a few times. Um, Particular venues, eh, that's hard. I'm not sure. Um, There's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. Um, You know, it seems like, you know, the ones that actually survived the whole COVID thing, you know, (laughs) um, where venues were basically just dying left and right, you know, those venues are are that are left are the real, you know, the real good ones, and
0: especially in the underground. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, trying to survive at a spot that requires people and then, you know, you can't fill it with people, like, it's tough, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean,
2: I know particularly in Ohio, uh, man, whenever – COVID hit, and then, the you know, and it kept going on and on and on, that bars were closed down and, and venues were closed down. There were so many in Ohio that just it seemed like once a week there, you know, there was like two or three that were just dropping off like flies, you know, all over the state.
1: Did uh, did, did places kind of buy out the property and take their place? Like, did new venues spring up or did this become something else? I think those places are gone and there's not really anything else there now,
2: you know? Oh, man, that's sad. Uh, that, yeah. You know? <clears throat> um, I know, like, in Cincinnati, Ohio, there was um, a whole bunch of venues that, that basically went under. But awesomely enough, um, in the last year, then you've had all these other cool little, you know, sm- like, smaller-type DIY venues pop up. Yeah, it was really- yeah almost like in a in a you
1: know almost like in a response to that you know yeah i mean i guess guess the thing is it's always gonna the market's always gonna adjust if there's if there's a demand for it nothing's there providing it someone's gonna start something or build something
0: right and Mm -hmm. hopefully you know it's like the problems with the old ones and this and that are all kind of fixed, you know, or, like, whatever it could be, you know, like, parking or this and that, you know, like, hopefully people can run it from beforehand, too, if they're, like, getting a new building, or or not a new building, but updating an old one, you know? Sure. Or, I mean, you gotta also, I guess, like, if you want to cater it to a certain type of, like, a venue for, like, you know just metal and punk or do you want to like have all kinds of shows there you know like you just don't want people to like trash your place but you also want it to have a good good inviting atmosphere for those people uh, yeah that,
2: yeah that'd be a catch
1: for sure you know i always think about how much fun it would be to own a venue and then i think about the logistics i'm like absolutely not never <laughs> oh man, it'd be such a pain in the ass. So the amount of work you have to put in to keep those doors open is just crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, if you're like, you know, serving alcohol, you probably have to serve food. If you're serving alcohol, you probably have to like have like a, I don't know, like a no mosh pit rule or something crazy. You know, Wait, something stupid. You know? by use
1: of food. I've, I've never been. I don't think I've ever been to a music venue that serves food. <sighs> I mean the big stadiums, yes, and like the you know those sort of thing. But most of like the venues I go to do not serve food. It's just
0: just alcohol. Yeah, I (laughs) guess it depends on like I don't know. It might be a Connecticut thing, but like probably depends on like you have to have like offer some kind of food to serve alcohol.
2: Really? Yeah, pretty much. I think in Ohio, every place, every single bar or venue has to have food.
0: Yeah. Huh. James, you're living like cavemen out there.
1: Hey, they're letting us drink when we want to drink,
0: <laughs> and not offering no any food. You know, like oh my god,
1: we can also <laughs> buy hard liquor at our targets and grocery stores. So, I think California has a different uh, relationship with alcohol.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, um, there's I've never seen alcohol at a Target. Yeah, you can buy spirits at our targets.
1: Like you can buy like a liter of vodka from Target. What? Yep, or like, yeah, it has a full alcohol section. Like, Walmart sells alcohol, Target, uh, Costco, all of
0: it has booze. Yeah, I mean, at Costco, I've seen, but I don't know, Target, I feel like I've just never seen it.
1: What about Walmart? <laughs> does Walmart in your state have alcohol? I feel like it does, it might. Now, I gotta look at that. I don't
0: know, I don't really go to Walmart
1: because I know like a lot of states they sell beer and wine and like cider and stuff but i don't know a lot of states don't allow spirits to be sold in grocery yeah stores. no
0: liquor liquor has to be sold by a store like a liquor yeah. store a package not, store
1: not in california it can sell at any supermarket but as long as they have a license to sell it
0: yeah like grocery stores and uh the like can sell um beer and wine right No, just beer i think it's just beer here i don't think there's a big wine selection yeah yeah, that's that was
1: what shocked me when I got to the U.S. Because in the state I lived in, in Australia, you couldn't even buy beer at a grocery store. Yeah, a lot of oh. um,
0: places that buy you have to buy beer from a package store, so like you can't buy it at a gas station. Like I grew up in New Hampshire, and you could buy beer almost anywhere, any gas station really, and um, and you know, and special stores that are designed for it. And then you know, same thing as like a state-run liquor store or whatever, but like. You, the only restrictions I felt like were like nothing after like 11 o'clock or like 11 45 or something silly. And really? then like nine, like 6am or something like that. There was like a seven hour window or something stupid where you couldn't buy booze.
1: You, you can buy spirits at seven 11 in California. That's yeah. It's oh mild. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I and mean, then like obviously like marijuana is legal and all that stuff. It's California is pretty chill with that stuff, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah connecticut just became legal like uh 2019 i think oh really it's, it's, ohio,
1: it's not legal in ohio right they haven't
0: legalized anything there
1: uh there's medical medical, medical. okay okay. Yeah.
0: okay yeah connecticut just did that yeah recreational and then stores i think just opened up like just recently
1: so if we're ever in ohio are there any like uh chain restaurants or anything we should check out like any uh anything that's uniquely ohio oh my oh let me
2: think i can't well, think
0: of anything.
2: i I tend to stay away from that stuff so okay i mean i always go for the mom and pop places um, yeah me too <laughs> you know greasy spoons that kind of thing
1: you have culver's and- right we have what uh culver's no, I don't think so. Okay. I we had a few people on from like Midwestern states that have said uh that they, they have it in their states. I was wondering if it was in yours too. I've never had it, but apparently everyone's obsessed with it.
0: Yeah. I hmm. was have you have you been to the the Thur, uh the Thurman Cafe? Yes, I have. I was I have. uh I was looking at their uh their stuff over there. I was like, um I looked pretty cool. Yeah, there,
2: there's, uh, there's there's a lot of places that are more um uh, especially in Cleveland and you know some of the more northeastern cities, are a lot of more ethnic food, you know. Um there's a lot of uh a lot of uh Slovak and uh Polish people and people who migrated here from those European areas. And there's a lot yeah. of that food here, um Italian, of course, and stuff like that, but there's entire villages and, and areas up in Cleveland that uh, that's basically all they all they have, you know, is that kind of stuff. And wow. those are the places to go, you know. I mean, that's awesome. You can get some fancy food at those places.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was looking at uh, some other stuff like that. That that's probably where like you know where uh, Barberton chicken came from.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Over in Barberton, they got the, um, I'm trying to think what that's called, the white, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, their chicken over there is amazing. (laughs) And that's like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's pretty good.
1: You got any other questions, Brandon?
0: About food? I didn't actually about food, but um, I was going to ask, when did you um, get involved with like writing music and uh, playing guitar?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Um, so I was in the army, and um, right after high school, and the whole time I was in the army, I was thinking about being in a band. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so the minute I got out of the army, um, I'd never played guitar. Um, I had been in some punk rock bands and stuff in high school, but I just sang and basically just screamed, you know. Um, yeah. And after I got out of the army, I, I got a guitar and I just started messing around with it. And I never took any lessons or anything. I just kind of just self-taught, you know, just by looking at stuff online or whatever. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that that is a good way to learn, honestly, if you really want to do it, because you can come up with such interesting, you know, different, different types of ideas that way, more abstract ideas. Um, On a guitar than you know your typical you know four chord stuff you know so right i wasn't like i i usually don't sit around and worry too much about oh my this sounds like this or this sounds like that or you know my fingers look cool doing this you know i don't do any of that you know i just yeah i concern myself with how how it sounds you know does it sound interesting you know um so you know that's basically how I started, and um, I've kind of kept with that, you know, ever since then, you know, as far as like guitar, and then you know, over the years, just writing songs and you know, listening to all kinds of different music because I think that that helps as well, you know. Um, mm-hmm. because even if you're not trying to sound like a band, you're still gonna, if you listen to the different types of bands, then going to absorb that in some capacity you know right sure like i have no interest in like you know learning how to you know noodle around on the guitar and stuff you know like steve Vai style or something you know right <laughs> you know um i would much rather just hear huge riffs that have interesting tonal qualities you know
1: yeah we, we've talked about this a few times in our podcast with a number of guests, but we, we kind of think that technical ability doesn't necessarily translate to, to being a good songwriter. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of artists out there that are really technically skilled, but I find them incredibly boring. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And Steve I is one of them.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of that stuff, you know, it just seems like they're just showing off, you know. And, right. And it's for them. It's not for the audience. Yeah, it's more of you know, and we and I run into that a lot of times with you know bands that I meet and stuff, and bands we play with sometimes, you know, where it doesn't seem like they, you know, are worried too much about the song, you know, or 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 or, or even for what people are thinking of the song, they're more worried about what they can do and show off, you know. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's the wrong mindset. <laughs> yep, I agree a big influence for me too guitar wise like i discovered um like swans and Godflesh at about right. the same time and just listening to those guitars and this crazy stuff they would do with them where where riffs are you know you know repetitive and you know yep. but yet there's a quality to them where they're creating a mood in an atmosphere with that Yes. You know, and that's more important to me than, you know, the other aspects of it, you know.
1: Hey, uh, there's another band I meant to ask you about earlier. Have you listened to uh Uniform? Oh, I yeah. love Uniform. Yeah, that's absolutely love Uniform. That uh I think it was the album before the most recent one was so good. The, yes. the, yeah. The title. That was my favorite
0: album of theirs. Um, something about like the last day or long, something. It's a Long
1: Walk or something? Let me just check. Long. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's um, it.
0: The Long Walk. The Long
1: Walk, yeah. That album was so good. Yeah, that's a yeah. great band, which sure. I would love to play with those guys. They're yeah. interesting, because you can kind of tell that he came from a hardcore background, but then he, yeah. uh, he just completely fitted it into a noise rock format. And like, just the amount of distortion and him just shouting over the top of it just makes such good music.
0: Yeah. Yes. I got to see them live, and it was cool to see. So yeah, they awesome. had, like, you know, Full band, and then he was just like messing with like whatever it was that he was like, you know, the noise machine. I'll call it. I for I just don't know what the hell it is, but he kept you know like messing with that a little. Bit. It wasn't like a computer. It was like I don't know. It was it was some freaking box with like I don't know maybe like pedals or something. I have no idea, man. But <laughs> it was really cool. It was really cool to see. Yeah,
1: there's a guy from San Diego. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, called a uh, author and Punisher. <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's super cool I, i saw him live for the first time last weekend and uh he's an electrical engineer and he builds his own equipment so he has all this completely unique stuff that no one else has that he's kind of like made and invented um and his he's got like the his setup on stage is like a huge rig that wraps completely around him um and yeah he just has some absolutely crazy industrial stuff going on really really cool that's awesome that's awesome yeah, there's this one machine and much I really don't know what it is. Um, I wouldn't take a guess, but it's like a big slider and it has a panel with a handle on it. Uh, and it looks like it slides along a bunch of like like uh strings, like a string instrument. And he slams it like from one side of the bar to the other, and it just makes this massive, like crushing sound. It's 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 just cool. Um if, Yeah, ch- check out his uh him on YouTube for some live footage, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Cool. That's
2: have you guys heard, uh, I mean, obviously, you're from Connecticut, right?
0: I am, yeah. Or I live yeah. in Connecticut, have you heard, yeah.
2: Have you, have you heard Intercourse?
0: Intercourse? No. Yeah. Just when I they're, do it myself, but.
2: They're, they're, they're from Connecticut. <laughs> they're amazing. They're. I'll so check good. it out. And they have that whole thing where it's like, um, it's coming from a hardcore background, you know. Oh, nice. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out. There's a dude. bunch of really cool bands from Connecticut.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we have, we've had quite a few come through, you know, coming through Ohio and just using this as a stop gap
0: to get to like Chicago or whatever, you know? Right, right. And, um, um, you should check out, if you haven't, um, When the Deadbolt Breaks.
2: When the Deadbolt Breaks? That sounds cool. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, I think you'd like that. It's pretty cool stuff.
2: I will definitely check it out. I love listening to new new bands and and checking new stuff
1: out. I, I would say yeah, probably they... like my, my favorite modern noise rock album of all time is Annabelle uh, Annabelle Dream Reader by the Witches. Do you know that one? Oh yes, that's I, good stuff. That it's the thing with them is like they they never like that was like a lightning strikes once thing. Um, like every, everything yeah. they've done since has not been the same, and it's like driving me crazy because I keep getting excited. But then I bring an album out, it's just not the same as the first one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. There's just like that's the perfect fusion of like noise rock, psychedelic, and surf rock. It's just it's so groovy, but it's so like heavy at the same time. I, I just I listen to that like once a week. There's a band, a couple other bands that I'm really into that just was thinking about um,
2: that are doing stuff right now. There's a band called Vincus um it's spelled v-i-n-c-a-s and those guys i believe are from um i believe they're from north carolina no those guys are from atlanta georgia and then um another great band is called wetland storms and they're from north carolina and both those two bands have this really cool almost birthday party thing going on oh nice and and, you know it's southern but like then incorporate noise rock into that and what was the second
1: one what was the second one called again sorry
2: uh wailing storms like you know like wailing storms yeah Um, and those both bands are just phenomenal and i would highly recommend checking those guys out too
1: yeah i'm looking them all up now and putting them saving them for later i'm always looking for more stuff like this
2: yeah and they have like this really cool both bands have like um this really cool birthday party thing going on like a nick cave type thing
1: yeah yeah
2: without being you know without ripping them off or anything they're doing their own thing too and they have like this american southern gothic thing as well that's just it's epic sounding i love it american southern gothic
1: yeah i love i'll never (laughs) complain about a band imitating the birthday party oh me either dude (laughs) Brendan, have, you ever actually, listened, have you ever listened to that brendan
0: i don't it doesn't sound familiar and it's, it's nick cave stuff before he did the the bad seeds Ah, uh, yeah no I, I don't think i have
1: it's awesome it's so good yeah i
2: actually like the bad seeds stuff i mean i love i love the bad seeds but the birthday party stuff is so much more uh Visceral and and just
1: mean, you know. Yeah, it's such a it's a weird transition for him to go from that to the bad seeds. It's so different. I'll
0: yeah, check it out.
2: and I've seen I've seen some like awesome stuff on YouTube too, of uh, footage of them when they were in their payday. Oh really? Their shows are just some of their shows were just chaos, and you know, so awesome. See
1: Nick Cave out there rolling around on the ground and you know, doing like e Z-pop thing. <laughs> we uh, we were talking about this the other day with someone else that came on the show that in the 90s, there seemed to be like a anything goes for a live show type vibe where uh, bands were just kind of like crazy and dangerous and chaotic. And uh, I feel like that's not really a thing anymore now.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm trying to think back in the 90s, you know, I saw, you know, bands constantly um, in the Midwest and stuff and every all these shows seemed like a lot of these shows seemed like almost like dangerous to even be at you know right exactly i saw um laughing hyenas in the, oh, wow. and, um in a tiny little place um up by toledo ohio and i didn't even know what i was going there for my my friend took me there and they, they, it was one of the most frightening experiences at the time <laughs>
1: Oh, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> These guys are going to murder everybody here. <laughs> I've heard uh, Butthole Surfers were absolutely wild in the 90s as well. Yeah, I saw them too. Um,
2: and uh, Gibby came out and with a shotgun and literally shot a beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> with a shotgun at a show. Now, can you imagine like that? going on now people
1: would no. lose their
2: <laughs> he would be in prison
1: <laughs> I, I, there's like a ton of stories about him like I think there was one with like blood packs where he pretended to be like murdered on stage and stuff and everyone freaked out and then like uh, <laughs> things like him coming out completely naked jumping into the audience yeah just always something <laughs> yeah some
2: and you can see a lot of that stuff on uh, on YouTube as well like old Bud Old Surfers shows and mm-hmm there's especially like the early ones um when they had like all this weird strobe light and, and like sex dolls and shit on
1: stage yeah you know some of that stuff was just insane you know right I, I remember like even red hot chili peppers like flea used to play naked like
0: you
1: know like nowadays you can't yeah. do that no
2: definitely not get sued or arrested or something we definitely try to bring a you know some of that danger to our live shows you know um i think it's uh, our singer julia my wife um she is she she channels some something when she's doing live shows i mean you guys can hear it in her in her vocals on the, on the albums and stuff but mm-hmm. live it's almost like a it's almost like she's possessed or like an exorcism with or
1: something <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs)
0: Sometimes
2: it's a little frightening, Um, you know. Look over and see her; her eyes roll back in the back of her
1: head and shit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as soon as you guys do the West Coast tour, I'll be there to check it out live. Uh, Yeah. Brendan, I noticed we're coming up on time. Do you have any
0: questions left? Um, no, we kind of answered it just through talking.
1: Cool. Um, in that case, I've got two more for you. One, one's a bit of a tricky one, and one's a super simple one. Uh, All right. The, the trickier one is if you were trapped on a desert island with a solar powered uh, discman and three CDs to keep you company until you get rescued, what would they be? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, Unsane
2: um, would be one of them. Scattered, smothered, and covered. That'd be, nice. that'd be the, the album. Yeah. I love it. Um, Sam Hain, Initium um yeah. i love that record too and i would need something a little bit spacey i suppose um balance it out probably probably swans I, i'd cool. probably pick a swan from like their um maybe like great annihilator or something like that okay i love
1: that you know um yeah, swans, swans is fantastic some of the stuff's a little hit and miss, like later in the career, <coughs> but the early stuff's pretty untouchable.
2: Yeah, yes, I agree. Like, there's this, there's this really great area of them, era of them, and then they kind of dip down, <laughs> you know, right. And then, you know, in the last few years, you know, some of that stuff has been, um,
1: you know, <clears throat>
0: to I be saw kind, them uh, a
1: couple of years. I really like To Be Kind and the Sia. That was like a re- bit of a return to form, I thought. um, I agree. The Seer was amazing. Yeah. And uh but for me, like I, I, I always end up uh listening to like uh filth and um I do like White Light from the mouth of infinity as well. Children of God is some great stuff too. Yeah, I would say
2: White Light is one of my favorites and Children of God. I love Children of God. Yeah, yeah, that's great.
1: Some good tracks on that. Uh Brendan Brendan, are you a Swans fan?
0: I've uh listened to uh a few Swans albums. Um I wouldn't put it to the forefront of my stuff, but um, yes, I appreciate <laughs> that for sure.
2: Yeah, it's definitely um, something because I've shown it. I've shown Swans to like literally everybody that I'm friends with. And, you know, out of like 20 people, you'll have like maybe three that are like, oh, this is cool. You know, the rest of the people are
1: like, this, this, <laughs> this is, is cool. really weird, man. Why are you playing this for me?
0: <laughs> man, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I 100% appreciate it. Definitely.
1: I, I know that reaction very well, though. Like, <laughs> you like this? You really like this? Okay.
0: They're, like, looking at you like, put you on a list. Like, don't go in the car ride with him.
1: Yeah, Don't let him near the iPod at the party.
0: Yeah. <laughs> band. Yeah,
1: I used, to, I
2: used to be in this punk band, and we would tour and stuff, and, you know, I would put in you know some weird shit every now and then like the jesus lizard or you know or even the birthday party and swans and stuff and these guys would just fucking hate it <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah social distortion or agent orange
1: or something <laughs> i never got behind agent orange uh just didn't oh wait do you mean the album or do you mean the band because i like i like the sodden album agent orange but i don't like the the band, the band agent orange yeah I, you know they would have uh,
2: I played in this punk band and they all they were always listening to like agent orange and social distortion and you know just a lot of that stuff it was just cool you know whatever but if i put on jesus lizard
1: or anything bizarre or weird at all they would be like ah come on man <laughs> <laughs> um i do have one song i want to actually recommend for you because i just thought of it and i know you're gonna absolutely love it given what you told me you listened to have you heard a song called Pure Mode by a band called uh, Model Actress? No. Yeah, okay. Uh, definitely Lighting check that out. Right yeah, it's uh, Pure Mode, and the band is spelt Model Slash Actress, but it's A-C-T-R-I-Z. Okay. I listened to that like eight times in a row when I first heard it, and I think you're going to dig it. Very cool. I'm, check- I'm going to check it out here after we get off here.
2: Cool.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I'm oh, sorry, I was gonna say not real not quick the, the, the orange talk. Uh did you ever get into orange nine millimeter?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I that actually the saw fun. them
2: I saw them with helmet and they were they were really, really good band live too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, like a lot of that. I like a lot of the hardcore stuff that crosses over into noise rock, you know. Yeah,
0: um, me
1: too. You know. I, I enjoy that stuff a lot. Cool. Well, the last question I have for you is uh, if people want to follow you or listen to your music, where are the best places to do that? Um, probably, probably Spotify is the
2: easiest, you know. And you know our Bandcamp page. I mean, we're all over everything social media wise. You I mean you can find us everywhere. Just look up Night Goat, um, and it should be on YouTube. It's it's everywhere. Anything online. And then you know, please buy the record from. Black
1: Donut Records because that dude rules. <laughs> so basically, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show, and we really appreciate you taking the time to oh. talk to us. Yeah,
0: thanks um, for uh, <laughs> donating a song too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. that was something we forgot to mention. um The Mind of a middle Charity Sampler, by the time this episode comes out, will have been released, and uh, there is a track featured from from the band. Um, I think i don't check which one it was i think it was and
2: it's the second ghost, one off
1: there Ghost uh ghost sickness
2: yeah i i felt like that was
1: a good one for for the compilation for sure awesome nice uh, and if you're looking for the track it will be on volume two of the the sample awesome i'm happy to do it yeah that's uh we're really excited about this one it's gonna be 70 tracks uh two volumes and the album art was done by um uh, god it, brennan Tommy, uh, Tommy's, is it? What's the last name? Wilson. Yeah, I'll cut that out. Uh, done by Tommy Wilson, who's done art for like a bunch of grindcore and power violence bands, including in, uh, Infest, which is really cool.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, that's rad.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, And then uh, we're exciting. gonna get
0: a uh, long sleeve shirt mocked up.
1: Yeah, there will be merchandise going with this one. So, and then all proceeds, of course, go to two mental health charities—one in Europe and one in uh, the U.S. Oh, yep. that's fantastic. I love that yeah so everyone listening at home thank you so much for tuning in and uh, come back next week we'll have another guest for you